Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And just like that, we're back. But for the first time this year, it is Tuesday morning, January 4th, the year of our Lord, 2022. It is the Late Kick Extra podcast. Ah, feels good to say. We haven't done extras in quite a while. Now, if you've noticed, if you've been listening to Late Kick Live or watching Late Kick Live, I've been supplementing a little bit of it. I've been putting some of your questions in there. I wanted to give the old mainstream audience a taste of what we over here do amongst ourselves on Tuesday morning and Thursday morning. And for those of you who have no idea what I'm babbling about right now, This is a podcast-only feature. See, you see a lot of products come in this podcast feed every week, but some of them say Late Kick Live, if you've noticed, and some of them say Late Kick Extra. Late Kick Live, that is an audio replay of the live show that we do on YouTube, the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. That's Sunday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, so you get it in your pod feed the next morning. But this right here, what you're about to listen to, hopefully, fingers crossed, is a podcast-only feature. You can't get this anywhere else. This is all Q&A, question and answer for those of you unfamiliar. And according to virtually everyone, including my family members, this is the best stuff we do all week. So it stands to reason, maybe we should make bigger production out of this, but I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. I've been thinking about that this morning, and it's been in relation not just to this Late Kick Podcast, but also to just college football in general. I'll tell you what I mean in a second. Thank you so much. We have got a ton going on. I mean, a ton going on. I don't kid you when I say the year 2022 kind of snuck up on me. I <laughs> This is a true story. I'll tell you the story right quick. So the other night, obviously, the playoff games happened on New Year's Eve. And so we're down at the Orange Bowl. We were down there all week. Miami was just incredible. We were anywhere from Fort Lauderdale to Miami all week. So we're at the game. And it's been a great week, and you're wrapping it up, and I've got a 6 a.m. flight New Year's Day, so I know a lot of things are about to have to happen really quick. So the game is going on, and it was what it was. And then we're doing post-game stuff. So I did a lot of work on the field with CBS right after the game. We do several minutes worth of a live hit for CBS Sports HQ. Then I told them, I don't want to wait until Sunday night to do Late Kick Live, and that be the first time that anyone hears my reaction to this game. And so if you've paid attention on the YouTube channel, what you saw is a video that looked kind of like one of those late kick cut videos, but it was of me standing on the field. And so what I did was I just gave a reaction, sent it to director Colin. He chopped it up, put it on the YouTube channel. And the funny thing about that is, as you know, that game started at 730 on the East Coast. It gets over about 11, 1115 or whenever. As I was fulfilling my duties with CBS and then got off, it's probably about 1150. I was recording that video. Now, this is how wrapped up I was in the moment. I'm recording the video. In the middle of my recording, all this music starts blasting behind me. It's in the stadium, which is totally empty, except for media at that point. And so I'm getting mad, but I didn't stop. I didn't break stride. I kept going, but I even said on the video, if you watched it, wow, they're really cranking up the music here on us. Well, friends, what was happening is everybody else in the world that wasn't solely focused on Georgia Bama was realizing, oh, it's midnight. 
That means it's 2022 now. Your boy, meanwhile, is smack dab in the middle of talking about how Michigan's offensive line could not hold up like Alabama's did, but I wonder if it's more a matchup thing than a personnel thing. And then music's going in the background, fireworks are going off, and I am totally oblivious to the fact that uh, a new year has happened since I started recording the video. So that video, if you watched it on YouTube, it began in 2021, it ended in 2022. But not to get sidetracked, so what I was telling you was, I was thinking to myself, yeah, on one hand, we have such success with this podcast, and I like doing this format, just between you and I, I like doing this format the best, where it's Q&A, and I put it out a little ahead of time, and for those unfamiliar, the way that works is, you can hit me up anytime, really, if you've got a question, at Late Kick Josh on Twitter, at Late Kick Josh on Instagram, uh, the email inbox is joshpate706 at gmail.com. Yes, that is my personal email address. And so, well, it's one of my personal email addresses, but that's how you can hit me up. But here's what I was thinking this morning. I was thinking to myself, one of two ways this could go. We could take it the direction, especially once the season ends, and that does not mean once the offseason begins, because we don't believe in that here, but once the regular season ends and we're a little bit looser in terms of how we can format the show, what we could do is we could take the late kick extra, what we're doing right now on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and we could make a bigger production out of it. We could put a video product on this. Like we, could, we, we have a number of things we could do. But I was asking myself, self, do we really want to do that? Or does it get to the point where one more brushstroke could ruin the painting? And I'll tell you why I was thinking in those terms. This morning, I get on Twitter, I see Noah Taylor, I believe it was, has tweeted out a video. And it was the video of the intro to the 2005 National Championship game, which was played in early 2006. It was Texas versus USC. It was the Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart team versus the Vince Young team. It was Texas in a classic, maybe the best national title game we've ever seen. 2017's there. 2005 is there. Uh, you remember the game fondly if you're like me. But he tweeted out the intro. The intro was, of course, the college football on ABC theme music. It was Keith Jackson's last big game. It was, even though we may not have realized it at the point, it was what I view as the pinnacle of college football. If I were to tell you present day, 50 years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago, if I were to point to a moment, that's the pinnacle of college football. You got the greatest of all time calling the game, and he's also voicing the intro. You've got, for my money, the best, right there with the SEC on CBS music, the best theme music for any kind of sporting event that I've ever heard is the college football on ABC right there with the SEC on CBS. I think those are great at underscoring the urgency and magnitude of what you're about to see. There's no apologizing for it. No one's trying to act cool. No one's laid back. Everything is right on the edge of the cliff and something huge is about to happen one way or the other for your team or even if you don't care about the teams, you better be tuned in. You can't miss this. Like that's what those those nights felt like that's what that game felt like we didn't know it at the time because it was the norm at the time like no one knew that no one was thinking that night well there's the pinnacle it's like I wasn't sitting in my living room the night of Wrestlemania 17 Austin Rock Austin's heel turn saying well there goes the attitude era but it did but it did you just didn't realize it at the time well that it's I'm not saying college football fell off a cliff in 2006 what I'm saying is that was the pinnacle of the sport and so how does that relate to this podcast well what I was doing was I was looking at that this morning and I was looking at the production of the intro just the intro you can go to my Twitter right now I tweeted it out this morning 
you can look at the production. You can look at the way it's teed up. You can look at the way that Keith Jackson's narration is woven into the intro. But there's also obviously copious amounts of team B-roll. But everything about the intro was perfect. So everything about the production was perfect. Everything about the way the sport was being handled then was perfect. Now, if we were living in those times, if I could take you back to 05, I remember 05 very vividly. I can tell you there were a ton of people complaining just like they are right now. At that time, they were complaining about the BCS. At that time, there were all kinds of different things people were complaining about. So you would teleport back there. If you're 19 years old, you would teleport with me back to 05 and you would look around and you would say, why are all these people complaining? This seems like heaven compared to what we're dealing with up in 2021. This seems like heaven. I mean, there's no transfer portal here. Like everybody goes to college and they just stay there. No one's talking about NIL. Those are three letters that haven't even been put together. Everybody seems jacked to go to a bowl game, no matter which bowl it is. Everybody seems to also understand that the regular season is the most priceless and precious commodity this sport has to offer. Everyone's dialed in every single Saturday. And there are some of these teams, I can't help but notice, JP, there are some of these teams that are 8-4 and four and 7-5 and five playing at the end of the year, yet they're still, speaking of the cliff, willing to go over it because they're valuing each and every regular season win. They understand that there are tiers of accomplishment. 7-5 and five is one tier, 8-4, and 9-3, and 10-2, and two. No one's looking around saying, well, if we don't make the playoff, then everything's been meaningless. What are they complaining about? That's what I want to know. What are they complaining about? Well, in relation to what we have today, nothing. They weren't complaining about anything. Everything was great. That's how I remembered at least. Everything was great. Uh, in reality, it wasn't all great. But relatively speaking, I take that era over what I'm looking at right now. And so, again, it's taken me too long to explain this. But again, as I was thinking about the way we handle Late Kick Extra... There is a very, very interesting dynamic that we have with this current product. I'm not necessarily sure I want to tinker with it because you never know. It's a fine line you walk between diluting something and enhancing something. Very fine line. And unfortunately, you don't get to rub a magic eight ball. You don't get to see into the future and look at how things will pan out. So there's an authenticity that I know we have with this show in general. That's why I've already said no to a lot of things that people have wanted to do with the show. And to their credit, CBS has listened. No one at CBS has forced me to do anything. So if we do something here, it's because we have chosen to do it. And by we, I mean you and I. I don't mean me and a nameless, faceless manager in a office tower 1,500 miles up the East Coast. That's not the way it's worked here. Uh, but I just want to be careful with it. So it, at any point, if I ever have planned on changing the show, as you know, I've always consulted you guys anyway. You have turned me off from like three different things in the past six months alone. Remember the theme music controversy? Remember how I told you I'm not particularly fond of the music we have here. I could, it was like I was trying to rip your new puppy out of your arms. You guys came at me, knives drawn. And so I said, Calm, I texted a couple of you, calm down. It's just a suggestion, people. Calm down. So we took that proposal off the table. You got your precious music. I'm not crazy about it. Again, I, I think it's lackluster at best, but you guys love it. It's your show. It's not my show. So keep your music. Maybe you'll get tired of it one day and we will hand in hand go down the royalty-free music aisle and we'll find something else. Even as I say that, knowing we work at a major corporation so we can actually afford to pay for music, but I'm still used to living the independent creator lifestyle. So let's dive in. I have uh, filibustered too much of your time this morning, but, but if you took nothing else from what I just said, especially if you're in the crowd that is high school age, college age, very young adult age, 
you're just a little bit too young to have remembered a game that was on in 2006. Go look at what I tweeted out this morning. It's going to look like it's technology from the 60s. It is wild what technology has done just in the last 15 years. Like technology in the last 15 years in some ways has come further than it had in the previous 40 years. Now, other ways it hasn't, but the crispness of the picture that you get beamed into your living room is insane. So ignore how old the footage looks. It's only about 15 or 16 years old, but look at how that game was brought on air. Look at how Keith Jackson, a lot of you do not remember Keith Jackson at this point. He was the GOAT. Still is. And you have consensus on that in our industry. It's not debated. Everyone just knows Keith Jackson. That's the bar we're all measuring ourselves against. But just go look, look, listen, feel it. It leaves no doubt in your mind that what you're about to witness is something historic. And that's the way it should be anytime a championship game comes on air. So having said that, let's dive into the mailbag. I think this was this was several days ago. This was going into Thursday when I was still down in Fort Lauderdale, and we were doing the show from down there. And thank you to them, by the way, for hosting us. I did some Q&A late on that show. Well, there were so many that I'm just going to go back through this because I didn't even hit a fraction of them. A lot of you were asking just in general about the whole transfer portal NIL thing. Look, I'm not going to do 15 minutes on this or even five minutes on this. We'll, we'll probably end up talking about it some form or fashion tonight on Late Kick Live. Here is what I have noticed. I've noticed that there is obviously a divide amongst college football fans about how you feel about this. Uh, there are some folks who say, well, this is the way it always should have been. Amateurism was always just a disguise and it was free labor and they found any way they could to mask it for as long as they could. Then you got the other side that says, well, this is not apples to apples to the regular professional free market. There's a scholarship here. There's obviously a platform and don't understate this, by the way, what I'm about to say. There is a platform that you are being given with which to build your brand that was built long before you ever got there, i.e., you put on an Auburn Tiger jersey, you play in Jordan-Hare Stadium, you are featured with that logo on the side of your helmet. Yes, you are giving to them, but they're giving a whole lot to you at that point too. In other words, it's not exactly the same as me going to work for a law firm and them paying me a paycheck and also me being able to leave whenever I want to. I'm not going down the rabbit hole. I understand all the angles and all the arguments, and I could probably have a one-man debate right now. Just give me two mics, and I could state both opinions and we would lose. We would all lose because we would have just wasted time. No one's agreeing on it. Here's what I will say. I will say that, of course, I am a traditionalist, so I'm not crazy about this at all. And as you know, I used to be one of the people who was saying, yes, we do need to make some inroads into what is now called NIL. Yes, we do need to make some adjustments to the transfer portal. But what I was trying to do is I was trying to turn the knob a little bit so we could have a drip, drip, drip. Instead, everyone knocked me out of the way and just took a sledgehammer to the sink. And now there's water going all over the place. And by the way, the person who took the sledgehammer to the sink just walked out the door and said, oh, that sucks. Y'all got a lot of cleanup to do. See ya. That's the NCAA. In other words, the NCAA looked around and they're terrified of being criticized because there's not a collective spine to be found in the halls of Indianapolis, Indiana, where ironically we will be later this week for entirely different reasons. And so they they got criticized. You know, it's kind of like pulling up the rock and all of a sudden there go the little critters scattering all over the place. Well, they got criticized and social media has provided to be a much brighter light that can be shown on entities that have normally been used to operating in the dark. 
They're nameless, they're faceless, they're bureaucratic, the red tape world as I call it. Well, they don't like the light being shown on them. That is the nature of the kinds that live under the rocks. They don't like the light being shown on them. That's when you turn that rock over. That's the reason they run so fast. And so what they did is they panicked. And so they instituted a bunch of what, in other words, rules, but they didn't institute any how or procedure and how to tactfully go about executing those things. They just said, all righty, here's how it's going to be. And then they left. And it's up to you a 23-year-old compliance officer to just decide how it's going to go. Well, unfortunately, eh, predictably, but unfortunately, people with varying forms of agendas have operated in this vacuum. There is no authority right now. We do not have a commissioner. I have not been elected yet. I will grab the reins when I'm elected, but I have not been elected yet. So there is this huge vacuum and there is just things flying all over the place, and it's a lot of chaos. And so a lot of chaos agents, people with varying forms of agendas on varying fronts, they have grabbed the wheel for themselves, and they have chosen to direct our discourse and our narrative down roads with which college football really doesn't belong on. But we're there anyway. And one of them is the idea that this is right. There are some people who look around right now at what's happening in college football, and they would tell you it's right. Players should be able to just move freely about the country like it's a Southwest flight, do whatever they want to, whenever they want to. They should be able to make unlimited amounts of money however they want to, wherever they want to, uh, because that's the way the free market works. I am a free market absolutist, by the way, so don't misunderstand my tone here. I'm all about the free market. But there are free markets, and then there are checks and balances within those free markets, depending on which sector you're in for a reason. If it was a true free market, it would just be Wild West, and I could go up to you, and I could stab you in the neck, and I could take your wallet and claim, free market, free market, got it, finders keepers. Well, that's not exactly the way it works, okay? Even on the street, that's not the way it works. Well, at least it's not supposed to. And so in the world of college football right now, what we are seeing is we're seeing we're essentially seeing the ability to stab someone in the neck. That's the soundbite that I'd really love to have out there. No, what we're seeing is we're seeing the ability to do whatever you want, and there really aren't many checks and balances. And I think that given the way that this was instituted, that was inevitable. Now, if the sport is going to literally survive as we know it, checks and balances are going to have to be inserted into the equation. So here's where my mind's at. And what I'm getting really tired of hearing is when anyone, most of the time it's me sitting on the sideline listening to a debate, and I'll hear one person say, we have got to get control of this. College football's out of control. It's not even college football anymore. And then somebody else who really just wants to seem intellectually superior. I mean, they really want to flex their brain on the rest of the room because they don't really mean what they're saying any more than anyone else does. They say something like, oh, what, what, now you don't want players to have rights? Well, you don't want players to be able to move around? Just like, and here's the key phrase, you're going to hear it a lot. Here's what they always go to. You mean that coaches can move around, but players can't? You heard that before, friends? You heard anyone say that? Uh, what is your rebuttal to that? Or maybe you're the one saying it. Or maybe someone's saying it to your face. But I'm very curious, where does the conversation go from there? Because I've observed people fumble this horribly. I haven't really observed anyone handle it properly. If someone were saying that to me, here's what I'd say. I'd say, yeah, yeah, within the framework of their contract, I am all for coaches being able to go wherever they want to. And do I think that players should operate under a different set of rules? You better believe I do. And you know why? Here's the tough truth that no one just wants to come out and say. I'll say it. Players aren't coaches. How about we drop that little pill of honesty into the seltzer? Players aren't coaches. 
They have entirely different. If you've seen that episode of The Office early on where they put index cards on their foreheads, a coach and player are two separate things. But that's not just in the world of football. That's in the market. Also, they are two separate things. They're two separate entities. But I get so tired. Even if you don't believe that, I get so tired of someone coming to me when a kid wants to move around freely and any, if anyone pushes back on it saying, well, coaches can do that. No, coaches can't do that. I know it looks that way because coaches move around every year. Are people really either ignorant or that intellectually dishonest about the way this works? Coaches move around every year. That's right. And that's as much as the headline tells you. You know what's happening after that? What's happening after that is an army of lawyers are working behind the scenes because there is language in what is called a contract that that coach signed. And there are phrases like buyout, like term of deal, like key man out clause. That's more in my industry than a coach's industry. But what those phrases are essentially built into those contracts to make sure of is, yeah, if you really want to, it's a free country. We can't stop you from moving around. But we certainly can put parameters in here where you're going to have to pay a price to do it. And they do. They do. You ever heard a coach leave and the school says, you know, technically you're supposed to pay us this buyout, but ah, whatever, forget it. You know, free market and all, you know, you should just be able to move around free market. Uh, that's not the way that works. You can move. There's a price to pay. Now, your, your future employer may be the one that pays the price. You know, if I'm working at Pate State, actually, I would never leave Pate State. Let's say I'm working at Catala Community College and then Pate State wants to hire me and Catala Community College has a $250,000 buyout. Well, Pate State may pay that bill or one of our many, many deep pocketed boosters may pay that bill. We got rock quarry money at Pate State. Texas, they got the oil money down in Florida. They got that juice money. Well, we got rock quarry money. Where do you think your rocks come from, people? If we weren't the freights, would be the quarrymen. Ironically, those rocks are taken out of here in freight cars. So chug life. But that's the way the real world works. If you really want to know about that free competitive market, that's the way it works. There is a price to pay when a coach wants to leave one place and go to another place. Well, what's the price right now that uh, Caleb Williams pays if he wants to leave Oklahoma and he wants to go somewhere else? You see, everyone wants the benefits of the free market right now, at least on the player side of things. Everyone wants the benefit of that free market but no one wants the parameters put in place. So if this is the road we're going to go down, then let's go down the road and let's change the language. Since this is no longer amateurism, by the way, and all of a sudden what used to be evil, locking these kids into a four-year deal to go to a school. Well, this is not amateurism anymore, ladies and gentlemen. So now we're free to do the same thing we do to real life adult professionals. You sign that national letter of intent. You're not locking yourself into one year anymore. You're going to lock yourself into four years if you want to come here. By the way, if I were running things, you elect me as college football commissioner, I'm not going to leave this to the universities to mandate. Because, see, the universities are going to be scared because they know someone out there is going to get a competitive advantage and they're not going to institute this language. And so let's say Texas A&M does it, but Texas doesn't. Well, all Texas has to do is go out on the trail and say, well, the evil Aggies are trying to lock you into four years. We'll just go year by year here. Then secretly behind the scenes, when your boosters are signing them to all kind of NIL deals, the Texas boosters are the ones who make sure and say, now, look, we're going to sign you with this car dealership, but we need you to sign a separate piece of paper without that longhorn insignia on it that says you got to be here a minimum of two or three years. So they would still accomplish it. But look, I would take that off the table. I, as the commissioner, the governing body of college football, I'd make it mandatory that any national letter of intent that's signed has a minimum time requirement on it. And then we're going to figure out 
the adults in the room are going to figure out what the language has to be if you want to get out of that. You're not just going to transfer around freely. You are not, in other words, going to reap all the benefits of the free market as a professional adult, but not have to live under the same guidelines that everyone else, those coaches that you talk about so much, that they have to live under. Now what do we think about that? Now where are we at? Well, all of a sudden you got a lot of pushback, but see, you've turned the tables because right now the folks that are yelling and then getting an index finger pushed against their lips and told to shh are the people who are saying, I don't like this. This isn't the way college football used to be. Well, the crowd that's shushing you, they're saying, you better get with the times. These players, they're exercising their rights now. And look, I'm not against players exercising their rights, but now here's what we're going to do on the other side. What we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, let me flip this table around. Hold on. There we go. All right. We move the table. Well, now what we're going to do is we're going to operate in that true free market environment you want to operate in, but we're going to fashion it a lot more the way a free market really looks. When you sign something, there are going to be parameters. There are going to be checks and balances in place. There's going to be a penalty to pay if you enter into an agreement with someone and then you feel like just walking away from it. That's the way it's going to work. Because the University of Missouri pays a price to market itself every year. They pay a price to keep those doors open. You know, they pay a price and have long since paid a price to develop that branding and to build that stadium and to pay all the nutrition staffers and to pay your insurance and the freight on your cost of tuition. That's coming from the university's pockets. And so they are heavily invested. You're not just going to take advantage of them. You claim they were always taking advantage of you, but now you're going to get paid on your name and image. So there you go. You're being compensated now. You're going to let the market decide. I think some of you are going to be very disappointed at how little the market says you're worth, but that's not on me. That's on the market. So that's not my business. But now that you are being compensated, you're no longer an amateur. You say you never were. Well, we have confirmed it now. You're no longer an amateur, but you're going to live in the real world. 18 years old, you're ready to live in the real world. Let's live in the real world. And so let's make you pay a price. You want to move around so much? That's cool. You're going to pay a price for it. Someone's going to pay a price for it. So if you're playing at Missouri and you want to transfer to Ohio State, there is some penance that's going to be paid from the way of Ohio State to the way of Missouri in exchange for you going there. That's the way it works in the real world. So not to take up a vast majority of one podcast on one question, didn't really plan on that. I think, in fact, I said I wasn't going to spend more than five minutes on it. Uh, the truth detector revealed that that was a lie, but I had a lot to say. And you know what? I've inspired myself to probably do a segment on this on tonight's Late Kick Live. So I apologize for a lot of you who don't like to hear the same things come out of my mouth twice. I apologize in advance. I'm not to be held responsible. It's a very hot topic right now in college football, almost as hot as whatever they're about to read to you right now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. <laughs> Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! I take it back. I said last month I thought we did the most cleverly disguised ad toss that we had done all year. That one right there had to be one that got a vast majority of you. No one could have seen that coming. I didn't even know I was going to do it until right before I did. 
All right, let's move on down the list here. Uh, questions we have not gotten to. Coach Chip hit us up. This is a question I hope we're still a little ways away from answering, but he said, what will a post Saban college football world look like? He said, Dodge City pre-Wyatt Earp comes to mind. I don't have time to explain the reference. If you don't get it, go do your research. A post Saban world. I wish we could simulate this right now. I'm a true believer in what I'm about to say. I am a believer that if we could have a post-Saban world right now, you'd be able to shut down like 95% of the college football playoff expansion talk. Because really what's happened right now is you've got the greatest of all time and you've got him existing in an on-demand era. It's the worst possible time in many ways for Nick Saban to exist. Think about where we are in an entertainment capacity right now. You, if you're 25 years old, have really not lived in an era where you have to wait on anything for entertainment purposes. You've got all of your Paramount Plus and your Hulus and your Netflix. You've got all of the entertainment options that you could ever want, and they're at your fingertips right now. You don't have to wait. You have never purchased a TV Guide magazine at the local Piggly Wiggly and seen that your favorite show comes on Wednesday night at 8.30 on CBS. You have to wait until then, and that's your only option. You don't know that world. Well, what I have noticed, and this is a theory of mine, what I've noticed is I really think that a lot of people have blended entertainment and real life. So in the, in the entertainment side of your life, you can get whatever you want whenever you want. I truly believe that people think real life is supposed to work that way. And doubly, when real life is part of your entertainment. Football, there's a real people playing a game. This is not wrestling. It is not predetermined. So there are real people playing a real game. There are real coaches coaching a real game, but it's still entertainment for you. You think it should work on demand. Not only should it largely be the way you want it, but it should be when you want it. So we throw Nick Saban into the middle of this era. Nick Saban is the greatest of all time. He would dominate in any era. He's dominating in this era. You're watching it, and a lot of folks are misdiagnosing what's happening. You think that since there is one team dominating, then that means something's wrong with the sport. Nothing's wrong with the sport. I mean, nothing's wrong with the competitive balance. You just threw a shark into the swimming pool, and he's been here a while. May still be here a little while longer, but what's happened is instead of looking at the current situation and thinking the answer is, let's get another Nick Saban. Now, it's a tall task, I understand, but let's compete against him. Instead of that, there are people who have chosen to take a sport that was around 100 years before they were ever born and they think the answer in all of their two or three or four decades experience on this planet is to completely upend a system. They didn't build it, but they're going to upend it. They got all the answers now. Uh, there are people way older than me who think like this, too. It's not a kid thing. It's not a one generation thing. There is multi-generational lunacy going on right now in our sport. And it is from people who think that Nick Saban is not what's causing this. It's it's all of a sudden that the structure of the sport is broken. And so even if the Pac-12 sucks right now, and it sucks, and you guys can't tell me otherwise, we truly need a system that even before we know who the champion of the conference is, we are guaranteeing that champion a spot in a postseason tournament because that's what's going to fix things. It's not the poor decision-making up and down the West Coast. It's not the lack of critical investment up and down the West Coast. No, it's college football that's the problem. So we'll fix it. That's not the way you fix anything. You can't lipstick the pig to a title. That's not the way you fix anything. But my point with Saban is, if I were to just remove Nick Saban, just remove him from Alabama and put a, an average to really good coach at Alabama, look around the rest of the sport. Who else is really dominating? Because I think a lot of people tend to say, 
the big boys and they say Alabama and the big boys. It isn't Alabama and the big boys. It's Alabama. It's not Alabama and anyone. They have no equal. It's not Ohio State. It's not even Clemson. I guess Clemson would be the closest because they beat him a couple of times. Uh, What bowl game did Clemson play in this year? Had the number one quarterback or number two quarterback in the country come in and they played for a game where the trophy was a big Cheez-It logo on a championship belt, which I'm a fan of, by the way. But my point is, Alabama has no equal. So if I just took Saban away from Alabama, look around the rest of the sport. Look, you wanted equality. That is it. There's parity already in college football. You just can't see it because there's this hardened layer of ice over the entire pond of parity, the parity pond, uh, which I think probably exists somewhere in like the Northwest Territory of Canada. But the parity pond's there. It's just you got the saving layer of ice over it. And instead of waiting, which would be the responsible thing to do, instead of completely dismantling the greatest sport in the world, instead of waiting for that ice to thaw, which is a very, very calloused way of waiting for someone to retire, you just think we need to blow the ice up. Here's the problem. Dynamite just blows the ice up and then it refreezes. You're not actually accomplishing anything. Every change you've tried to make to this sport If you haven't noticed, that guy in Tuscaloosa has been five steps ahead of you and he has used to further tighten his grip on the sport. If you just wait for him to retire, I know that's in the on-demand era. That's what I go back to. That is not a popular word. Wait. It's not a popular word. But if you just wait, people would realize Saban's gone now. Oh, wow. Absent a Nick Saban 2.0 emerging, which doesn't tend to happen with greatests of all time, absent a Saban 2.0 emerging, Well, it looks like uh, the rest of this landscape was still pretty evened out. Look, over here, Michigan State wins one year. Hey, look, USC is back. Wow, Oregon's really making some noise. Hey, hook them horns, Texas, back after all this time. Oklahoma State? Wow, what in the world's happening at Florida? That's the way college football would be without Nick Saban. But hey, we'd probably have to wait a few years for that to occur. So I'm of the opinion that I'm not going to take it for granted that I live in an era and actually get to cover an era of college football in which the greatest of all time that will be talked about with reverence 50 years from now is roaming a sideline. I'm going to choose to enjoy it and being close to it instead of wasting all my time being old man who yells at clouds and wants to change everything about everything and doesn't realize all the while, wow, actually you are pushing back against greatness. You can't legislate around greatness, guys. You can't format around greatness. The thing about greatness is there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, it's the reason the movie Armageddon was so flawed. If the asteroid's coming at you, there's really no weapon we have on Earth that can stop it. You're just gonna have to wait for it. There is no Ben Affleck miracle to be found here. It's just Nick Saban's world. Just, I know if you're an Auburn fan or if you're anything other than an Alabama fan, it's not fun to listen to. That's why you always hear me preach, stop defining success and happiness in this sport solely around who holds the trophy up at the end of the year. It is not pro sports. College football is not pro sports. So when your buddy across the street says, well, that's the way the NFL does it. That's the way the NBA does it. Good for them. That's great. That's wonderful. Okay. In Vail, in Winter Park, in Breckenridge, their entire economy is based around the winter ski season. You know why? Because they get a ton of snow out there and they've got the terrain for it. I'm from Harris County. We've got Pine Mountain in Harris County. If there was someone who came into Pine Mountain and said, we got to build ski lifts here because that's the way they do it out in Colorado, the town would go broke because Pine Mountain is not the Rocky Mountains. Pine Mountain gets a little more snow than Forts in Georgia does. They're different. 
They're different. It's not a one pill cures all situation. It's different. And before I lose my voice, I think it's a real good place to end today. So thank you so much for listening. Late Kick Extra Podcast has come back with a fury. I feel like partially a failure because I only answered like two or three questions, but I think we got in deep this morning and uh, hopefully the world is all the better for it. Look, make sure that you have left a five-star review here. I want to get the year started off on the right foot. And naturally by that, I mean, get in the gym, eat right and leave a five-star review and not always in that order. I'm also told on Spotify now, you can leave five-star reviews. Uh, brutal honesty. I have not researched that myself, but you guys have shown me the screenshots, so I believe it. So thank you so much for supporting the show in any way that you do. Thank you for that. Got a huge year coming up. Nothing changes. We are going to push it responsibly forward. We're not going to be the entity that overturns everything, even though we think things are already good. So we will tinker. We will just trim and prune. We will not chop the tree down and start over. So thank you so much for Producer Jordan. I'm Josh Pate. Have yourselves a great rest of your day and God bless. on Paramount Plus. You're ready, Bob. Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.